you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Thursday, October 6th. And you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Welcome to a very special throwback Thursday edition of Total Access, the podcast with two very special guests, Michael Robinson and Willie McGinnis. You know them as the Super Bowl champs, the handsome faces and learned voices of NFL Total Access, and they are that every day. But on this day, I invite you to meet a few different less often celebrated sides of these two men. The little kid who dreamed of being an NFL player, the young man who made that dream come true, the professional who learned how to make it at the highest level and how to stay at the highest level, and the wise, not yet old veteran who has a unique perspective on his time in the league and a well-earned opinion of what has become of that league, for better and yes, maybe for worse too. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. What's happening? Let's start with the dream. What was it? When did it hit you? Was there a moment when you realized this is what I want to do? Is this what you were destined to do? Or maybe something that you felt you had to do? I was, I was young. I think I was six or seven. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but my mom did because she's the one who took me to keep me out of the streets and to keep me active in something productive um, while my father was incarcerated to, to, to play football. So... I was playing t-ball, baseball. Um, she took me down there, and I started playing football. And I was every sport that happened that I could be in, I was in. So she just kept me in the sports to keep me active. Not a bad scout, she was. Not at all. Um, man, it's crazy just hearing you say a little small part of your story, the parallels, and you only just said a couple sentences. <laughs> but it's funny, like, our, that story is not unfamiliar in the National Football League. Right. That same story, father not around or incarcerated, whatever the case may be, mom trying to help their kids understand the testosterone and the energy that has to go with it, you know what I mean? And you manage that by finding team sports in a constructive way, and football was definitely that. For me, guys, I, I've always just wanted to, to go to the next level. Like, when I played Little League, when I was playing flag at seven, six and seven years old, I just kept on saying, man, I can't wait, because, you know, 
how we practice in little league. To set, you know, you see the big kids. Yeah, you over see there. the big kids over there, and I always, you know, my coach would always say, "Pay attention over here." But I was always looking. I, I was always the kid that looked over there, like I want some of that. When I got there, I was looking at the next age group. When I got, and I was always looking up. And even I remember getting to high school and starting to really find my my body and find who I am as a football player. And I remember uh, a parent saying, "You could play in the NFL." To my mom. And my mom was like, him? She couldn't fathom it. Like, National Football League on TV? My baby? From Richmond, Virginia? No, he's only 16. And I and that was the first time, when that parent said that, was the first time I said, damn, yo. You, you look at yourself, like, you start seeing the NFL players on TV looking at your muscles, and you start comparing the body types and stuff. Well, can I play? I think when I was 16 and that parent said that, that's when I realized this thing could, this thing could happen for me. You know what I'm saying? When Michael Robinson was 16, he was at Verena High School in Henry. Verena. Verena, forgive me. <laughs> Verena. Verena. Ended up going to Penn State, where he was a Big Ten champ, an offensive yes, player of the year in the mm -hmm. Big Ten, a Heisman finalist. When he was 16, Willie McGinnis was at Long Beach Poly. Mm -hmm. Went to USC, where he was a Lombardi finalist, mm. an All-American. Let's talk about the draft. That was sort of the evolution. You were always looking at the next step. Draft day comes. Different experiences for both of you. You thought you were going to the Cowboys. <laughs> I did. Um, I had prior conversations with people from the organization, and they were going to trade, I believe, Alvin Harper to move up to the fifth spot because um, they're at the bottom. I think they were a 20-something pick, and they were going to move up to the fifth spot, trade Alvin Harper, and take me fifth. So I had three people from the Cowboys at my draft party in California. Mm. And the hats were up there, and I was chilling. I thought I was going to be a cowboy. When the phone rang, it wasn't Jerry Jones <laughs> or the head coach. It was Bill Parcells. He had the fourth pick. And when I uh, went on my visit, he just did the routine film watch, asked some questions, you know, tried to get me going a little bit. That was it. No special visits, no special anything. You I didn't, never had a sense. I never, I never had a he sense or clue or anything. Yeah, he kept it. Kept he didn't cool. say nothing. And when the phone rang, it was him. He took me. It came out on TV. I saw all the representatives, I think the D-line coach was there, all get up, storm out. Jerry Jones slammed the phone on national TV, slammed, slammed the phone, threw the phone down. And I was a patriot. I, the first thing that I said to myself, I don't know where my mind was, <laughs> says, you're going to New England. I'm like, where is New England? <laughs> It was a funny. It, it was a funny moment for me, but I was I was just happy to be gone. I find it interesting, awesome, Michael, man. that Willie McGinnis' first accomplishment as a professional was to piss off Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Fourth overall pick, the year you were drafted. Fourth, a, a different number for you. Fourth round. One hundred. Ninety-six picks later. Ninety-six yeah. picks later. I like the even number, the one hundred, Mr. <laughs> Century. One hundred. Yeah. Your draft day. What were your expectations? What were your hopes? Were they realized? Yep, it was a little bit different then um, than it is now. The first 
part of the draft, uh, uh, we had the first round, and then the first three rounds happened on the first night. Yes, sir. And so I thought I was going to go in the third round. I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to pick me up in the third round. They needed a returner. They needed a backup quarterback. They needed a slot. They, need, they needed all the things that I possessed as a player. Then they called me um, at the top of the third and said, hey, we got two picks here in the third. We're going to come get you. The day before, I had just drove my 2007 Tahoe off of the, off of the, uh, the you know, the floor at the, um, at the, at the uh, Chevy place. You know uh -oh. what I'm saying? So I'm feeling myself. And then I didn't hear my name on that first night, and I was devastated. I had my friends and family just in a small little get-together at a hotel in Penn State, and I was devastated. And that was my first introduction to the business of everything. Yes, sir. And I remember my agent calling me and saying, bruh, don't worry, because my whole thing was, can I pay for this truck I just drove off the... I just didn't know. You know, I didn't think I was going to get drafted. Got drafted um, very, very early the next day. Um, second pick of the uh, fourth draft with the 100th pick. Joy, relief, a little bit of both? I was more pissed off. I was more upset because I, I just felt like I wasn't the 100th best player. I felt like I was a lot better. Yes, and that sir. chip stayed with me throughout my career. And yeah, I look, think anybody it helped who me. watched college football the years that Motivation. you were State knows yeah. that that's absolutely true. But we have seen that work for players. Tom Brady, famously, sixth round. Mm -hmm. Whatever he was, 199. Aaron Rodgers slides to the bottom of the first round. Both of those players were defined by chips on their shoulders their entire careers. They never stopped trying to prove themselves. In a way, did it help you? It absolutely did help me. I mean, it gave me an opportunity, first of all, to achieve my hopes and dreams and play in the National Football League. And then to me, it, it helped me develop a mindset that there's nothing outside of my control that can truly stop me from getting to what I want if I truly focus on it. That we talked about the talk. dream. We talked about the draft. Quick diversion to the digits. Why 55? Well, I, I was... That number was inherited from one of the greatest players to ever play the game at linebacker, Junior Seau. Mm -hmm. And when I was coming out of, out of Long Beach Poly, I was number 95. And um, SC had just started putting the best linebacker in number 55 because of all the havoc that Junior did in one year. He actually played one full year at USC before he decided to declare and go to the draft. I think he had over 22 sacks, tackle for losses, you name it. He, he was a monster out there. Um, and they started saying, okay, anybody from this point on who wears number 55. Better be special. Better be, be special, guy. else yeah. you can't have Big it. shirt to fill, big shoes to big fill. Big shoes to fill. And today, um, there's a few guys, Keith Rivers, and some other players that wore it. To this day, in the last, I don't know, five, six, seven, I don't know how many years, it hasn't been worn because we haven't. Found it. We've given it away to yeah. a couple of people that we weren't supposed to. Yeah. And it's been a problem, but it still sits right now because of that. We know you as number 26 primarily, yeah. but you also wore 24. Why those numbers? Significance? Yeah. Um, so the very first picture I took as a human being in this human avatar, I was Ooh. wearing number 12 as a little kid. Um, number 12 was also the first jersey that I wore in college. I was played quarterback with number 12. When I got to the San Francisco 49ers, um, I was given 35 early on, you know how they do, and then after they make their final cuts, numbers become available. Mike Rumpf had 24. That was the number that I, that I rolled with. 12 times two is 24, so boom. It just made sense to me. I'm a big numerology guy. Went on to Seattle, okay? Was had an opportunity to get 26. My birthday is February 6th, two six. It made sense to me. You see what I'm saying? I felt like my path, my numbers, the adversity and all of that led to me winning the championship because along the way, my numbers, whatever the case may be, 
I kept on getting hints that, yeah, man, you're on the right path. And my numbers is one of those so things. So everything pretty much represented everything. something along your life? Absolutely, man. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast with Super Bowl champions Willie McGinnis and Michael Robinson. Guys, is there a day, we talked about maybe a moment where a dream sort of takes hold, and that's elusive, that's hard to identify. Is there a day or a moment or a time as a young player in the league where you realize, uh-huh, I belong here, I'm here to stay? Or is that something that you look back on and realize, well, shoot, I'm still here, I'm still evolving, I'm still improving, I still have places to go, I'm going to stick around for a while? I think the goal for any, any player um, is longevity, consistency, and success. So if you play for a number of years in this league and you're able to to ward off the guys that they're drafting, mm. to take your position, and you get multiple contracts, and you're playing at a certain level, and you're winning consistently, and your your level of play stays consistent, because that's what keeps you in the league, mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, I think that's a successful career. And I, you don't have to put 20, you know, 17 years, 10, whatever it is to you that you deem successful, and you're, you feel accomplished and you feel like, you know, it's okay and you're still not fighting it to try to get back and maybe you're trying to drag it along too long, I think that's a successful. As a young player, when I came in, it was 94. So when I walked into a locker room, coming from SC, I felt like I walked into a locker room with grown-ass men. This is where guys were still smoking cigarettes at halftime. Yes, sir. And... A lot of the rules wasn't in place, and you didn't adhere to certain things. Certain things would happen. And I had a hard-nosed head coach who believed in all that, mm -hmm. Parcells, that this is the way it is, and you got to earn everything, and everything's going to be tough. We're not giving you nothing. And whatever you encounter, you got to be able to survive. And when I was competing with those guys in practice and going at it, and I was – 
starting to fit in, able to go to the back of the plane with the some of these veterans that were already all pro, mm -hmm. sometimes didn't even talk to you, didn't even acknowledge you as a rookie. Yeah. Um, I felt that then that I, I was starting to get accepted because I was following the rules and I was doing what I needed to do on the football field, and that's what got it. Please tell me you didn't have to start smoking butts in order to <laughs> no, that group. I didn't. <laughs> I know for me, like, I, Willie, it's super cool to hear that experience. Man, I always, the minute, every locker room I've ever walked into in my life, the minute I walked in there, I felt like I belonged. To me, football just encourages that atmosphere. Right. You, you just can't even really have a team without being inclusive and making everybody feel comfortable. So I felt like every locker room I walked in, um, I felt that way. But the moment of validation for me, I think moments of validations are different. When you're a first-round pick, I'm not saying there's any more or less pressure, but I just think that you're a first-round pick, man. Like, you've been evaluated. You've been looked at as some of the top guys in the draft. In the back of your mind, you know you can compete at this level. You better. You better, yeah. or you're going to be a bust. You see what I'm saying? For me, taking a little bit of a, a, long, a different route as a fourth rounder, it took me most of my rookie season to search to find that moment of validation. I'm looking like, damn, man, I done made through six games. Yeah, I scored a couple touchdowns, but I still feel weird out here, right. man. I, this stuff still feels foreign. And it wasn't until the last game of the season, bro. We were playing the Denver Broncos. <laughs> And they had to win the game to go to the playoffs. We we're playing Jay Cutler and them. And our whole motto was, well, we ain't going to the playoffs, so they damn sure ain't going. <laughs> and I think I got like three or four special team tackles. I had a couple catches for a couple first downs. Nothing really that set the box score out. You know, no, no, nothing stat driven. But you did your thing. But I, I did my thing, bro, and I wasn't nervous anymore. It was like, oh, yeah, I'm out here, and I can walk around with the confidence like I belong. It took me a whole, my whole rookie season. You know, what's funny about that is Parcells didn't believe in starting rookies. He made you earn it. He made you earn it. And it was, if, if, if he was going to play, he was going to play you. But he purposely did not just put me at number one when I came in. I was number three on the depth chart. But I played. I played all the yeah. special teams, but I played. And after maybe the third or fourth game, that's when he kind of thrusting me into a starting role, mm -hmm. a rotational starting role. But he still didn't give it to me. But I understood because he broke it down mm -hmm. later. But as I was going through it, I didn't want him to give me nothing. No. Because I was trying to prove to him, who coached the greatest linebacker ever, in my opinion, yeah. Lawrence Taylor. And he's looking at me, you know, and I'm saying... Don't get, let me do whatever I got to do. Yeah. I already know I'm not Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even going to front. I'm not Lawrence Taylor, but I want to be something like that in my form of, of Willie McGinnis. So he had a way of humbling, whether you was Drew Bledsoe, the number one pick, yes. or the number four, it didn't matter. He That's had so a way of humbling guys. That's so dope. Yeah. At Penn State, Joe Paterno told you something that I find fascinating. You've shared the story before. I want you to share it again. You were ready to get in there, and you were ready to play quarterback right away. He wasn't ready to let you do that. What did he tell you? Yeah, he said, um, uh, I'd rather put you in um, two weeks too late than two days too early. Mm. And that, I, as an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, I wanted to slap him. I ain't going to like, <laughs> so I wanted to slap him. But, you know, obviously you get older, you get some more introspection. And it was he was right. He basically was saying is, I don't want you to fail. I want you to be overprepared. I'd rather put you in two weeks too late. I'd rather people banging down the doors for me to put you in. Then I know you're ready. Right. 
as opposed to us thinking you ready and us finding out on game day you ain't ready. And that, that, that was powerful for me. You talked about week three as being important. I looked up your journey, your game logs, and I found it fascinating. Your week three, do you remember your week three in the NFL? No, I do not. Two touchdowns. Young man, rookie, third game of your Good NFL career, Eagles. two touchdowns. Yeah, no. His team loses. So that must have been an interesting night for you. Yeah, right? it was. There you were. You, you see the paint twice, but your team takes the L, so you have to humble yourself in the face of the team L, but you know, okay, okay. Two weeks later, you have 12 carries, most carries that you got in a game that year, 21 yards. So you didn't light it up, right? You're averaging a, a, two, a, point, a two yards, whatever, yeah. 1.8, 1.9 yards a carry, but your team takes the win. So personally, you probably felt I could have done better, and yet the team wins. And I thought, what an interesting first five weeks of the season that must have been for you. So thank you so much for your story about the last game of that season is when you finally felt like you belonged what an interesting ride as a young man. Yeah, it, it was very interesting. And, and to go along with those two touchdowns, I had my brother in town who was a Philadelphia Eagles fan. It was against the Eagles. I was playing the Eagles. Yeah, he had a split jersey on. I'm like, bro, you're sitting in the San Francisco 49er family seat with half of the jersey Brian Dawkins. You know what I'm saying? So that was a little interesting. Um, but to your point, I, I found some success. But at the end of the day, I was on the phone with the head coach and we were talking about how we can make this team better. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was definitely interesting first few weeks. Always a big picture guy to your full credit. Guys, harder to deal with. Serious question. Winning or losing? Is it harder to deal with winning than it is to deal with losing? In the world of sport, we are defined much more often by losing than we are by winning. Only one team gets the confetti. Only one team gets the trophy. 31 teams do not. That means a whole bunch of players do not. Is it harder to deal with winning than it is to deal with losing? I think it's harder to deal with losing because the NFL is comprised of a bunch of winners. Of wherever you're from, whatever high school, whatever junior high, youth program, whatever, you're used to winning. And that's why you're in the NFL because you've won on some type of level. Yes, sir. On some type of level. And when you go and you're in a professional locker room, that means everybody in there and everybody in the league are winners. And you kind of expect to win until you hit with the realization is you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win all the time. Once you get used to winning, it's a recipe for it. And you can harbor that and learn how to do it, right? Hard work, preparation, work ethic, outdoing whatever your opponents. I can go down the line of all the yeah. secrets to, to continue to winning yeah. success. But you got to have everybody buy into it. Losing to me, is the worst thing ever. One of the worst things ever. And I didn't play anything or do... I don't do anything or play anything to lose. I don't know anybody that goes out and say, hey, let's go out here and lose good tonight. Yeah. No, <laughs> you just don't. You, say that. Yeah. you just don't. I can deal with how to win because we won a lot of games in a row and for a number of years. So with the winning, it's just trying to get creative and figure out how to keep motivating yourself, not become complacent. And it's different with, you know, yeah. when you start factoring in intricate things like salary cap and this and mm -hmm. that, but I'm just talking about as a man and as a player, how to keep all that together and keep motivating yourself. And for me, I was a fiend for winning. Once I tasted what that was on that level and we kept doing it, I became addicted. So I didn't, I, losing, you got to carry me out and, and tie my arms up and put me in the, in, in the bag and take me somewhere because that was the worst thing. It was like a graveyard in our locker room when we lost. 
Willie hit it right on. I, I couldn't have said it. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself, man. And like losing hurts, dude. And that's why in team sports, and we're talking football here, it's so hard to get 53 guys, add the practice squad, add the uh, support uh, support staff, add yep. the coaches. It's so difficult to get everybody to buy in because when you do lose or if you do have some failure, it hurts like somebody took a knife and slit your stomach wide open. So it's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard to get people to buy in. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, to Willie's point, when you get people to buy in, that's when, that's when the success happens. What do you want back? What would you take back? If you could tell the 20-year-old version of yourself something that you know now that you didn't know then, Man. what would it be? I wouldn't take anything back other than my nutrition. I felt like um, what I know now would have made me play longer. Eat a little better, young yeah. man? Yeah. Hydrate more? All of that, man. man. Would you take anything back? Um, Is there a moment you want back? Is there a game you want back? I mean, you could say that because I'm not perfect. I never played the game perfect. I just used to try to, to do everything I can to stay, get better and better and learn from whatever sure. I went through. But I would say if I could have early on learn the game faster. You are listening to, to NFL Total Access, the podcast with so Super Bowl champions Willie McGinnis and Michael Belichick, Robinson. Yeah. And I had Parcells. I had like three great teachers. Yeah. I did so much in my position. Like, we had to learn so much. Um, probably just be able to learn the game faster or how to, how to study the game faster like I did a few years later versus at, at, at 20. I think it just would have made me a lot, a lot quicker to be an overall better player. How are we doing? Is the game better? Is the league better? And if not, how can we do better? I would say uh, the league is better, um, I believe. The equipment's safer. I believe the rules are trending toward protecting guys. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, salaries are up. That's a good thing. When, when, when salaries are up for players, that means the next generation of players are going to make even more money. I'm always happy about that. Don't I good. agree. Yep. Everything he said, right on point. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You.
You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast with Super Bowl champions Willie McGinnis and Michael Robinson. Last question. Michael, you have talked about this magic number, and this magic number represents one of the most elite fraternity of human beings on planet Earth. You have said it is easier to win the lottery, and I think numerically speaking, you may be absolutely right. And that number is 1,900. Talk to me about the magic of the number 1,900. What does that number mean, and what does it mean to you? It represents the amount of guys, the amount of athletes, the amount of NFL players that go in and out of locker rooms in a year. And people have to understand, you have each year another 350, between 350, 360 guys being drafted, coming in, and a lot of those guys are going to make the team because they're new, they're young, they're cheap. And so we've been talking about guys sticking around long. We've been talking about how teams built old school coaches, things like that, and all of those things, man, like, to stick around, you got to be a certain guy. You got to be built a certain type of way. And uh, most of the successful human beings, especially Willie, that you talked about with all the championships you won out there in New England, most of your successful guys are built that way. You're right. And I think as a coach, I talked to Belichick about this because he's probably one of the only coaches that's coached over three decades mm-hmm. in the league. Um, he has coaches have to recreate themselves and their minds for the players that change over the decades, yeah. right, from the 90s to the 2000s going mm-hmm. into after that, um, the new millenniums, they call them. Mm-hmm. And you got to recreate yourself as a coach to understand them and how they communicate different than what we did when we came in. It's a constant learning process. And I think for the players, that's a significant number because every single year, the league is trying to improve their roster. And regardless of what where you were drafted previously, how much money you make. If somebody comes in that gives the team a better chance to win and that could salvage a coach's job and make the team win more games and put them in a better position, you got to fight that off. Michael, you've talked about this. You got to fight that off. Right, that every year it's their job to put you out of a job if they're doing their job correctly. They found a better, cheaper, faster, stronger player. I will say this. Draft status and, and, and how much you make gives you a little more rope. Mm-hmm. It gives you a little more rope yes, sir. than s- other players. Yeah. Like, like specifically the quarterback mm-hmm. position. Yeah, of course. You're going to get probably four to five years if you was drafted in the top ten or whatever. Whether you versus, deserve it or whether not. Whether you deserve it or not. They didn't give right? opportunity. Right. I want to thank today's guests for their honesty and their humanity. And on a personal note, I want to say that I have learned more from these two men than anyone else in this NFL world about a game I only thought I knew and about a personal journey within that game that I could never know. Thank you for sharing your time and your truth with us. Michael, Willie, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Join us tomorrow for Friday answers to Sunday questions in your complete viewer's guide to week five in the NFL. Who wins? What's the score? Who stars? Who stumbles? And who is on upset alert? Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.